1: He decided at one point in time, I want to be a football player. And he never gave up the dream. At Creed and Durham Hall, he won a spot, starting as a sophomore. By the time he was a senior, he was All-State. The college coaches came calling, knocking on the door, asking Ryan if he'd be interested in playing for their storied programs. He looked at Benny. He decided to go east where the Golden Dome was located and play college football for Notre Dame. That was the beginning in the springboard to a career in the NFL. A career that included a Super Bowl championship ring for the Denver Broncos, where he lives now and resides, a family man in Denver, forever indebted to football, and thankful that he got the opportunity to play the sport. How's that for an intro,
2: Ryan? Love it, man. I mean yeah. is that my chapter in your upcoming book? Yeah, that's
1: that, that was the that's the foreword for your next book.
2: You forgot that I'm a surfer, man. You gotta put that surfer. In it. How can you
1: surf good. in the Rockies?
2: Hey man, I'm from Minnesota. How can I do anything in winter? Yeah, really. Right? We're so used to ice, but right. you no, know, it's uh, yeah, man, that was quite the intro, and and great to join you, brother.
1: What high, uh, what's it like in high country right now? A lot of snow?
2: No, a little chilly, but we. I don't like talking about it in public because we don't want more people moving here. I hear you. So, so, you. Uh, but no, it's great. It's about fifty degrees today, and uh, in Denver, uh, not too bad.
1: Yeah, in Denver, but in high country, they've got enough snow. It looked like to me.
2: Oh, yeah, you could get an easy two yeah. feet any night up there. Yeah, yeah that's you
1: got cool. It. All right, Ryan, the Denver Broncos, Minnesota Vikings, doing the same thing, looking for a coach. Now, in the case of the Vikings, looking for a GM as well. The The Broncos have a former Viking exec that's the GM. How has it gone for George Payton his first year there?
2: Well, he's he's been solid and consistent. You know, one of the things he said first coming into the Broncos was that he wanted to be playing in big games in December and January, and they did that. He also put together some good trades. I mean, he traded Vaughn Miller for a second and a third round pick. That was an expiring contract and a great deal. And, uh, and he made the right choice getting rid of Vic Fangio, who, yes, had a good defense, but was inept and obtuse to the fact that his offense was one of the worst in the NFL, grossly underutilizing talent and not progressing in any which way.
1: Who, you know, I, I keep hearing uh, Dan Quinn is, is high on their list and they'll go heavy after him. You think that's, I mean, they've interviewed him, uh, but 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 is he does he stand out to you?
2: Well, the sources I talked to said that um, he, that Dan Quinn did interview, but his, he did not interview well. So I don't know how that went uh, outside of my sources, but that's what I've been told from people I know in the building. And then also the defensive coordinator for the Eagles uh, is a name that has been- Jonathan Gannon? Yeah, Jonathan Gannon, this, uh, somebody that they really think could be a head coach and really impress them. So until t- – I hadn't found out how today went, but um, right now it sounds like Jonathan Gannon is leading. And I'll just say, Mike Max, I mean, Dan Quinn, I'm sure he's a great person and I'm sure – and those, that like. But as a coach, you got to be kidding me, man. He's a, He's a historical loser. And if you can continue to get jobs that way, it's crazy to me. Even in the Dallas game, he had two players – who were the top three candidates for Defensive Player of the Year on his defense, and he still couldn't stop San Francisco's rushing attack. So I got questions about him long term.
1: I mentioned the names uh, Raheem Morris and Todd Bowles, both interviewed for the Vikings today. Bowles, of course, at Tampa Bay, Morris in, in L.A. How do they strike you as, co- uh, as you know, they've both been head coaches, but how do they strike you as candidates?
2: Well, they've been head coaches, which is key, because now they know how to manage an entire Group And we all know from when we reach a new pinnacle, we see things differently, right? You understand how different things play together if you've been a head coach. You've also now, if you've been fired, you've been humiliated and built yourself back up, learning new things, learning new ways to coach players. So I do like people who have had some types of failures like that. Um, And and both both coaches are on great teams right now. So it's always tough to differentiate uh, a team and its coach between the talent and what the coach is. But both coaches have experience and, and recently experienced winning.
1: You know, though, Ryan, I mean, the, the, the common denominator, you know, this playoff, most playoffs, is is that quarterback position. And, and when you have great quarterbacks, it's hard to tell how good any of the coaches are. You know what I'm saying? When, when, when yeah. you know, when great quarterbacks control a game.
2: Absolutely. And how they change a game. You know, uh, you score a touchdown, your defense gets a turnover. On short yardage, you score another touchdown. That's, you know, could be up to a 14 point swing, right? So you really, when you have somebody who can execute and finish drives, it really amplifies what the defense does. And then it simplifies what they do because now teams have to pass. The pass rush doesn't have to think about any run gap stoppage. And it just turns every, it speeds everything up for the defense. So, absolutely, a quarterback is your twelfth defender.
1: You know, we hear these murmurs, these you know, and you, and you know if if they happen, they've been in motion for a while. Where, where Rogers uh, comes to Denver and he brings Devontae Adams with him. D- do you buy any of that?
2: It'd be the first time that kind of thing was done in the NFL. And you know, if it's going to be Aaron Rodgers doing something for a first time, you know, no, I'm not going to say he couldn't, but uh I think there's been enough softening in his position to where he's kind of mentioned he likes being in, yeah, in Green Bay, especially when he came back from his, from his illness, he, you know, said he really missed playing there. So I'm not sure if that's going to pan out, if that's just a great negotiating tactic, but it would be the first time kind of a quarterback and receiver were, were a tandem like that.
1: Ryan Harris is our guest, yeah, and that would be precedent-setting if uh, <laughs> if something like that happened, and that would get Denver excited, really like when Peyton Manning showed up there. Uh, general manager jobs are also open. Uh, the uh, Vikings reportedly are, have got two candidates that they'll bring in again tomorrow for or next week for, for interviews. Um, explain to the people out there, you know, they hear the term general manager, they know about draft day. What what is the most important function of a general manager?
2: To get talent into the room and, and build a locker room that has chemistry. You, you know, so one, you got to get talented players in there, um, and two, you got to get talented players in the draft. And you also you need chemistry. I mean, these are you know everybody works in a workplace. Maybe even not as much with COVID, but you spend a lot of time with each other in the NFL. I mean, you spend more time with your teammates and coaches. Then you do your families during the season. So you have to be able to have some veterans who have won, who have championship experience, that, and, and that know what it takes. You need some young cats that are fast and, and playing hard, and you need some veterans who know how to get open, make blocks, and, and do the right things on special teams. That's the chemistry part that people don't see of the GM. You have to put this ton, these pieces together with the talent that's available and that's why you see sometimes GMs struggle in that third or fourth year because they couldn't figure out that mix of veterans and youth, speed, talent, and and works you know professionalism. There's all kinds of pros, but you got to put together a good cocktail to make that thing win.
1: Lots of conversation that maybe Rick Spielman and, and, and Mike Zimmer had, had lost the, the fondness of their relationship, which was uh, pretty tight for the first several years that that, that he was here. In an eight-year run uh, for Zimmer, uh, much longer, sixteen years for for Spielman. Um, how critical is 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 that, and do players pick up on that?
2: It's the most important relationship on a team: the GM and a head coach in the NFL that's the most important relationship on a team and, and players, you know, you, unless there's open arguments, you really won't see that, you know, the GM is kind of just there at practice, making sure everybody's good and, you know, swing by the training room and things like that. But, you know, I also know from sources I've talked to at the Vikings that, you know, Mike Zimmerman has had gone into that kind of area where some people go of self-delusion. You know, if people would just do more of what I'm saying, then we'd be okay. Instead of saying, Hey, I need to read the leaves here. I need to read the wind. This is how the game's changing. This is what we need to do. I need to motivate people, not stand on an island telling people to paddle their way here. And that happens to a lot of leaders, especially if they find comfort in their, in their job.
1: Does it happen because they've been doing it long enough and they've, and, and they've accrued some money and some respect, etc., and, and that becomes uh, kind of an easy way to coach, just do what, do what I'm saying and then I don't have to think about anything else?
2: Well, you know, you may have one time where it worked because you had the right players, the right chemistry, and things like that. And But oftentimes, we find leaders, especially after their start, and, you know, he had some success. Going to the NFC Championship game is very hard to do, right? But Mm -hmm. you have to adapt. You have to learn. You have to grow. The game changes every year. You have to stop things, and you have to listen to your players. The worst teams I were on had coaches that said, this is the plan. This beats the team. You're just not doing it right. The, teams I won cha- uh, the team I won a championship with, and the, when I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is a conversation. How do we get better? How do we hold each other accountable? And that's the biggest difference in winning and losing in the NFL.
1: When you were in Denver, you had a coach that in, in Kubiak uh, that ended up with the Vikings, of course. What was that like?
2: <clears throat> Gary Kubiak's one of the best people I ever met in my life. I mean, he met, He helped me as a player. He helped me as a man. He helped me as a husband. helped me as a father. Uh, he. I can't say enough about Gary Kubiak, and you know, it's two things. You know, happened once. You know, I told him, hey, you know, you're passing too much. We got to run the bleeping ball, and so we did, and we ended up winning the game, and and it worked out well. I said it to him again in the Super Bowl. I missed on my block. We, you know, we didn't get in, and he's standing there waiting for me on the field, saying, hey, you tell me to run the ball, I'm gonna do it, but then you better be better than that, you know. So yep. that's the kind of relationship that you need to be able to have. It's not personal. It's for the best. And Gary Kubiak understood that better than any coach I ever played for.
1: You, you take the Vikings right now, and, and, and you know they're somewhat vulnerable because coming off of this and the new coach coming in. What, what does that culture need to be? Does it need to be drastically different than what it was, or does it need to be what to bring them back?
2: It needs to be consistent. And, and and consistency in the NFL means constantly getting better. You know, that's the Japanese art of kaizen. you got to continue to, you know, elevate. The teams that are in the playoffs right now, they're better than they were three weeks ago, right? The San Francisco 49ers say hello. You have to be able to do that, and, and a coach has to inspire that. So you need a coach who's a motivator, a coach who encourages guys when things don't go well, encourage guys through the week, you know, address problems, but address problems with the knowledge that the players in the building can get the job done, and we're going to do it together. So you need that. But you also have two big contracts in Delvin Cook and Kirk Cousins that are going to make it hard to get additional talent. It's just, it hamstrings you to pay those two positions that much money. That's a lot of money in two positions on one side of the football. All
1: right. Last question Who coaches the Broncos? Who coaches the Vikings uh, uh, next season?
2: You know, I think uh, I would like doug peterson to be one of the coaches for for either team i think that team if he goes to the vikings i think you're a super bowl contender if he comes to the broncos i think they're a playoff contender
1: really he's um, that good
2: yeah, He is that good I, he was my offensive coordinator when i was with the chiefs bright guy inspiring guy even moves in the hallway fast was a former player yeah and you know that that philly special happened because the yep. Foles told him that's the play he wanted to run and he called it so yep. i like those kind of coaches
1: Good stuff, Ryan. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for your candor and your insight.
2: Always, Mike, Max. Talk to you
1: soon, brother. You bet. Ryan Harris, nice enough to join us in News Talk 830 WCCO.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.